Blog Talk Radio. Is racism hurting you? On issues of race, are you unable to speak, think, and act with clarity and confidence? Are you tired of laughing when nothing is funny, smiling when you are not happy, agreeing when you really disagree? CounterRacism.com, you can learn specific strategies and techniques to counter the behaviors of the people who practice racism in all areas of activity. Using words correctly, following counter-racist logic, even counter-racist science projects designed to reveal what racism is, how it works, and how to counter it. The open source code writing format allows you to pick and choose from a variety of counter-racist suggestions so you can produce the code that works for you. Stop by counterracism.com today and help replace racism with justice. That's counter-racism.com. Greetings. Gusty Renegade, context of white supremacy. Forgive the tech difficulties. Had some slight issues getting started, but all of that should be taken care of and we should be ready to go. Uh, I want to double check and see if we have uh, Dr. Welsing with us. Hello. Yes, ma'am. Dr. Welsing? Yes, I'm here. Outstanding. Thank you so much for uh, being patient. I had some uh, troubles getting going, but we should be all clear and good to go. Um, How are you doing this morning? I'm doing fine, and I hope you're the same. Thank you. uh, I'm hanging in there. Tough day, but I'm hanging in. since it was uh, my problems getting started, I want to hop right in um, and cover as much material as we can with the time that we have allowed. Um, when I spoke with you uh, last week, you said that less than one-tenth of one percent of black people understand what racism, white supremacy is, and how it works. Um, I guess can can you share with our listeners, you know, why why you have concluded that so few non-white people really grasp what that means? Um, well, let's see if I can begin in this way. Uh, our pattern uh, historically, from the time of formal enslavement, where black people had an emotional response to the brutalization and the injustice and the demeanment and humiliation that we were experiencing. It was so great and so painful and so tragic. And we didn't have a way of understanding in depth why we were being treated in the way that we were being treated by people who classified themselves as white. And so we basically had an emotional response to the brutalization. We wanted it to stop. And then we had a religious response. We were given the religion of Christianity, and we were told that Jesus was the Son of God and that Jesus loved everyone regardless as to color. 
And I would say, by and large, black people accepted it then and accepted it now. But from a scientific point of view, uh, it's necessary if a problem goes on in a continuous manner, in this case, if a problem persists for hundreds of years, then uh, it's important to have an in-depth analysis of just what is this problem all about. And that takes us up to uh, Dr. W.E.B. Du Bois's work in his book, The Soul of Black Folks, in 1903, in which he said the problem of the 20th century is the question of the color line between the lighter and the darker races of mankind. And I maintain that up until the work of Neely Fuller, Jr., which was mid-20th century, we did not have someone looking at, comprehensively looking at racism, white supremacy. And Neely Fuller said that it was a total system structure. And so I maintain that the vast majority of us as black people and many of the people who are spokespersons and are in positions that one might say are leadership are not functioning with an analysis of what racism, white supremacy is. Many people talk about the problems that are caused by racism, white supremacy, such as unemployment, such as poverty, such as uh, incarceration levels of black males, disparities between uh, sentencing for powder cocaine and crack cocaine. I maintain these are symptoms of a problem, but the problem has not been analyzed in depth or people are not functioning with an analysis of the problem. And this is important because instead of just complaining about the things that are fallout from the problem, you are attacking the problem comprehensively and in depth itself. And I don't believe that we are at that point, and uh, there's a good reason for that. We are in a system, a local, national, global system of racism, white supremacy, and the dynamic of that system itself prevents black people from zeroing in and talking about what racism, white supremacy is. Not what the fallout is, but what is this dynamic that has existed for certainly 500 years? What is this dynamic? Why does it exist? And until we function starting with an analysis, an in-depth analysis of what racism is, then we're, kind of, we're walking in a circle where we continue to talk about the same problems decade after decade after decade, and the problems go on. The problems go on because the system itself is going on, and the system itself is not being dealt with from a point of analysis. And if I had, uh, you know, my major wish would be, my major desire would be that we begin to have a critical mass of black people who are functioning with an in-depth analysis of what racism, white supremacy is, 
and an in-depth understanding of exactly why it exists, then we will know what we need to do with our behavior in terms of countering it and ultimately uh, replacing racism, white supremacy with justice so that there can be peace on the planet and the optimal condition for the maximal development of all human beings on the planet. Hmm. Uh, according to your observations, what are some of the things that racist white supremacists do to keep black people from discussing racism white supremacy on that deeper uh, systemic level? Well, for one thing, uh, you can't teach at a major university and talk about racism white supremacy meaning an analysis of what people who classify themselves as white are doing and why they're doing it. You see, you can't, if you, you know, if you have an organization such as the Urban League, the NAACP, or any other organization that gets funding from people who classify themselves as white, you can only talk about the symptoms of the problem. You cannot talk about what is the reason that people who classify themselves as white, why do they behave as they do towards black people and other people of color, primarily their relationship with black people? And I say that this is where we get into what I have said racism is all about, and racism is a global system for white genetic survival on the planet. It is a system of logic, thought, speech, and action and emotional response, whether consciously or subconsciously determined, that operates in economics, education, entertainment, labor law, politics, religion, sex, and war for the ultimate purpose of white genetic survival and preventing white genetic annihilation on a planet where the overwhelming majority of people are black, brown, red, and yellow. And all of those people with melanin skin pigmentation are genetically dominant to people who have white skins, which is skin which is a genetic recessive trait. We have all just gone through taking the census. And the critical question on the census is what is your racial classification? See, are you white or are you non-white? That's the most important question on the census. The New York Times had an article uh, yesterday's paper stating that President Barack Obama checked black. You see, this is the fundamental and critical issue, the issue of race and racism and white supremacy and all of that means the fear of white genetic annihilation and the determination for white genetic survival. So skin coloration is the most critical issue that needs to be understood and needs to be faced. Um, now, you said less than 1% of, excuse me, less than one-tenth of one percent, be accurate, uh, of black people understand racism, white supremacy as a total world system. 
what percentage a of total white world system for white genetic survival what percentage See, it's not just a, it's not just a system hanging out there mm. it is a system with a deep internal logic and a very specific reason important reason for its existence and this is what is missed out on. In other words, we can see racism going on for the last 500-plus years. And if we never say, well, why is this system persisting? What, what, what is causing it to continue decade after decade and century after century? What is the logic? What's the motivation? Somebody might say uh, the Holocaust has been in the news and, uh, recently, and the Holocaust of Semites under uh, Adolf Hitler in Nazi Germany. What is never talked about is that Hitler said it had to do with the color classification he gave to Semites of the Jewish religion, and he said they were not white. And because they were not white, they were going to be killed. And so Semites of the Jewish religion, along with gypsies, along with other people of color that were in Germany and in the surrounding countries, were killed. And this is never talked about, but this is the core behind what is called the Holocaust. And that dynamic is still going on. So, what percentage of white people do you think have this deep understanding of racism, white supremacy as a global system to make sure that white genetic annihilation does not occur? Well, my definition, racism, white supremacy is a local and global power system and dynamic structure and maintained by persons who classify themselves as white whether consciously or subconsciously determined. And so many people, uh, many people who classify themselves as white may say, you know, I never thought about it like that. I never understood why we did that. But just the dynamic of the culture itself, a person learns how they you know, you learn your behavior in the context of your family setting. So a study that was done not long ago indicated that white children by age three know that it's not good to be black. Well, this is because it's not, uh, you know, not on their genes what they know, but it is because of their genetic makeup and it is because of what they are taught in the dominant culture of racism, white supremacy. All you have to do is turn on your television and you see white, 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 white. You will never know that a large percentage of the people in the area of the world that we call the United States of America are people of color. You don't see them. You don't see them as panelists talking about serious issues. You don't see them as major people in talk shows or even giving the news. 
And so just looking at the television, uh, there was a discussion on the television today about three-year-old children can recognize the McDonald's symbol. Why? Because they're exposed to commercials. They know McDonald's, Disney, uh, some other uh, Toyota cars. They recognize the symbol by age three. So this is a culture that is constantly in conditioning and teaching what its fundamental issue is. And so you might have a four-year-old. I was uh, giving a lecture not long ago, and a parent, black parent brought up the fact that their four-year-old child said, why can't I be white? So black children are learning it's not good to be black, and white children are learning it's not good to be black, and it's better to be white. And we all know about the Kenneth Clark study that was recently repeated. And so black children, when asked, given a choice of a black doll and white doll, which doll is pretty, which doll is smart, which doll is good, the black children selected the white doll, which doll is bad, etc. They they selected the black doll. Now this is fundamental teaching and learning that is going on in a society that is most fundamentally predicated on skin coloration. And it's not because, I say it's not because people are evil or because this is, you know, just blind hate. No, the purpose is white genetic survival on a planet in which White skin is a tiny, tiny minority position, and it is a genetic recessive position. And if everybody did what Dr. Martin Luther King advised and advocated, if we all loved each other, regardless as to skin coloration, and that love was expressed in sexual activity, white would disappear. And I say this is why he had to be killed, aside from talking about ending the war in Vietnam and establishing peace on the planet. Again, our guest for today's program, Dr. Francis Cress-Welsing. I know you have done several lectures where you have discussed why the Stockholm Syndrome is relevant to non-white people, victims of racism, white supremacy. Um, can you share that with our audience, what, you, uh, what the connection that you see between that and how non-white people relate to Well, that's, that's simply a phenomenon that has been described uh, by psychologists and psychiatrists where an imprisoned person, a captured person, begins to identify with the persons who have control over their life or death. And so if, if you looked at it in terms of uh, the issue of skin color and race, uh, you know, probably if a survey was done and black people were asked uh, if they had a choice, if they could be white tomorrow, 
would they want to be white tomorrow? There was some magical potion they could take. So they would lose their skin coloration, and, you know, we already see that in terms of the number of non-white people on the planet who are bleaching their skin. So instead of wanting to look like they look and be proud of who they look and be proud of, you know, the level of melanin pigment that they have in their skin, they want to be white. Well, it's like identifying with the people who are basically oppressing you and keeping you in a limited sphere uh, in terms of your functionality and your functioning on this planet. So it's just identification with the oppressor or identification uh, with the warden in the prison if you are being held captive because these are the people that determine whether you are going to have life or whether you are not going to have life. Um. In my studies uh, of the Stockholm syndrome, I know one of the one of the aspects of how this works is the. I'm sorry, I'm, I'm, I don't know whether uh, it's a static or it's breaking up. I can't hear you. Uh oh. Uh, what about now? Can you can you hear me now? That's better. Okay. Um, in my studies of the Stockholm syndrome, uh, one of the things that I noted is the victim being isolated. Uh, from other people so that the person that they have the most contact with, the person that they have to depend on for everything, ends up being uh, their abuser. And I was wondering, I've seen the exact same thing play out uh, in a lot of what they call interracial relationships where the white person will end up isolating that non-white person from their other family members, friends who are non-white people. Um, is that something that you've observed? Well, I wouldn't, I would, I would, I don't think that I would use that terminology in reference to that. Um, I would simply say that in unions between, uh, relationships between black and white people in a system of racism, white supremacy, because those two people choose to be together, it doesn't mean that the system of racism no longer exists. The system of racism exists. And many times, if we're speaking from the black side, uh, when black people get together socially, at some point a discussion will go in the direction of how one or another black person is being treated on their job or in the um, social space, and black people are very often mistreated, and that conversation comes up. Well, the white person, you know, if black people are talking about what a white person did to them on the job, the white person who may be a mate or we be with a black person begins to feel uncomfortable because in the company of other blacks, that's the topic of discussion. So that white person might try to remove the black mate or, you know, take themselves out of a situation where the mistreatment on the part of uh, white people is being discussed. And so maybe isolate that, you know, well, let's associate with primarily people who are white where the white person is not being made uncomfortable. 
Now, the black person may be uncomfortable in such a setting, but the person in the dominant power position is not being made uncomfortable. Do uh, do you feel like that's a that's a pretty consistent behavior pattern that victims? I wouldn't say that. I I I would not be able to speak to that, but I would not be surprised. Okay. Um, in terms of not wanting to upset white people, uh, is that something that you feel like non-white people have been trained, uh, thoroughly conditioned to make sure? Well, black people. I think black people, in large measure, are afraid of white people. Black people on a job know to not bring up the issue of racial discrimination. They may be discriminated against on the job every day of the work week and every week of the work year. But the minute they bring up racial discrimination, they are in difficulty with the white uh, administrators on the job. And so other black people... uh, will shy away from that because they are afraid of the kind of retaliation that the black person brings up about uh, about racism. So I think, of course, uh, black people know how they have to behave and act, meaning not upset white people, in a system of racism, white supremacy. Wow. So in my book, that translates into fear. Wow. Do you have suggestions? Even the president. The president cannot talk about. uh, Before he was actually elected, I think he was saying that it would be important to talk about racism. The attorney general, uh, Eric Holder, black, said, are we a nation of cowards because we are avoiding a discussion of racism? Well, it appears that they had to both drop that topic. Somehow the word got to them, don't talk about racism. This is not going to be accepted. Um, Do you have some suggestions, uh, things black people can do to try to help overcome their fear of white people? Well, I think that the the more people work on their self-respect and their courage, that this is something that uh, is very important for everybody to talk about, black people, white people, all the colors in between, that... uh, you know, we have to try to find a lot higher level of self-respect and a higher level of courage to say we have to talk about what is real, what is truthful. And we have to talk about that thing which is causing so many problems on this planet. You see, with racism, white supremacy, where you have a tiny number of people being fearful of the majority of people, white people constitute fewer than one-tenth of the people on the planet. And so the nine-tenths are the victims of white supremacy. So for the one-tenth to dominate 
the nine-tenths, there has to be continuous war. And this is what we are seeing taking place on the planet, continuous war. There was a discussion in the media this past week about uh, students in high school and junior high school bullying uh, other students. I think that there was a young woman who was harassed and being mistreated and demeaned to the point that she committed suicide. And they have other cases of this kind. Well, for one-tenth of the people on the planet to, because they have all of the weapons, to bully the nine-tenths, you know, and so people were wondering, well, why are these children acting like this? Well, they're acting like this because their elders are behaving in this manner. You know, beating up and killing people. Every time you turn on the news, it's 30 people killed in this place. Uh, Men, women, and children. 45 people killed here. 25 people killed here. Well, what children are hearing this? They are hearing that these less fortunate people people who are impoverished, that they are being bombed, their homes such as they are being destroyed. And so the definition of a bully is for someone powerful to pick on people who are weaker. And see, we see this all the time in the media. So when adults start wondering why would teenagers bully somebody until they decide to commit suicide. Well, young people are seeing older people engage in this kind of attitude. Younger people are seeing government officials justify torturing people, justify waterboarding people. And these, by and large, are non-white people who are being waterboarded. Do you see? But it's still stronger attacking and uh, injuring or causing harm to people who are, comparatively speaking, weaker. So young people learn this from older people, and this is why it's very important for black people, other people of color, and people who classify themselves as white to, if they are serious about respecting human life, you see, right now, uh, people would rather spend money to kill than spend money to heal. All this controversy about health care. But there's no controversy about spending trillions of dollars for weapons and killing people. But then controversy about spending money so that more people can have access to health care. Well, uh, this is defective thinking. And I think that we all need to uh, begin thinking about it. And at this point in time, not enough people are thinking about it. Again, our guest for today's program, uh, third-generation physician, general, and child psychiatrist, Dr. Francis Cress Welsing. The complaints and gripes about uh, President Obama's efforts to uh, reform health care, there have been a lot of white people, suspected racists. Um, I believe uh, John Lewis was called a nigger 
earlier this week uh, by one of these protesters, um, unless I'm misinformed. Um, what do you think? Any white person who says, I'm against racism, uh, this, this should not be allowed to continue, what should the white people I'm sorry, say some, somehow it's breaking up again. Oh, okay. I'll, I'll try again. Am I clear now? That's clear. I'm, I'm not sure what's causing it. Uh-huh. Okay. I'll, I'll try again. Um, President Obama has been working to get this health uh, health care reform going, and he's met a lot of opposition from white people, suspected racists. Um, I believe earlier this week, uh, John Lewis was called a nigger by somebody outside protesting. Um, what do you think white people who say that they are not racist, they are against racism, white supremacy, what should white people be doing about the so-called Tea Party protesters, suspected racists? Well, you know, you have uh, people who classify themselves as white uh, who say that they are anti-racist. Now, my suggestion would be that we are seeing a a virtual firestorm of um, activity that I would say is racist. Um, Some uh, news writers have even said that uh, President, former President Jimmy Carter said that all of the opposition that President Barack Obama is running into or that much of it is based on racism. And so if there are people who classify themselves as white who are anti-racist, this is the terminology that they use, uh, some of them use, I would say that their work is amongst these people. Now, some of the anti-racists, to my knowledge, have decided that their work is to go and talk to black people. I think that they need to go and be the missionaries talking to the increasing number of white people who are moving to the right and moving to extremism and who are arming themselves. Uh, And one of the things that I've noticed is that the media, or even the FBI, in talking about some of the extremists, has said, oh, this is just rhetoric. It doesn't mean anything. Now, these are people who are arming themselves with weapons. And for the FBI to say, oh, well, that's, you know, that's just talk, and we're not going to really give uh, too much credence that this is anything serious. But be that as it may, I think that uh, the people who call themselves anti-racists have a lot of work to do administering to their own group. And to my uh, understanding, there's very little of that activity that is taking place. (laughs) I know I am preparing for the White Privilege Conference uh, a little later this week uh, in Wisconsin. Um, There are going to be white people and non-white people, by the hundreds, I've been told, getting together to talk about racism, white supremacy, and what can be done to end it. Um, Do you feel like, you know, this is constructive activity to have non-white people and white people together to talk about racism? Well, again, I haven't been to one of their uh, meetings, but I would say again that instead of people acting like 
black people and white people are getting along splendidly when at the same time we see all this right-wing extremism going on that needs to be addressed. So instead of, you know, oh, you know, we shall overcome and we're black and white together, I think white people need to be outspoken, acknowledging how much racism, white supremacy, extremism is within their population group, and they should be reporting to black people how much progress they are making in converting the thinking of other people who classify themselves as white. You see, but to pretend, I don't know what will take place at this conference, but let's say that black and white people are holding hands together and they're all acting like there's no such thing as racism. That's counterproductive in where you have racism really uh, on the increase. Instead, they should be reporting to black people how much progress they have made in changing the minds of white people or where they have failed to change the minds of white people. It should be white people talking to non-white people about the reality of uh, racism, white supremacy, and how it exists as a total system structure, local, nationally, and globally. And what, you know, again, how successful are they being uh, in acting like John Brown? Do you see, really being committed to ending racism, not pretending that black and white people, you know, are all friends and that there's no problem. Hello. Oh, yes, ma'am. I'm here. Okay. Wow. Wow. So do you think it would be constructive if, let's say, the white people that have made this effort to go out and be missionaries to other white people, and uh, they've just concluded, you know, hey, these white people are going to practice racism, white supremacy forever. They're not going to listen to us. Uh, there's nothing we can do to convert these folks. Do you think it would be constructive if they at least just came back and, and told black people that? You mean if they if they are coming back and saying that other people who classify themselves as white are not going to change? Right. Well, they should use their... You see, people who classify themselves as white are in a greater power position than are the people who are classified as non-white in a system of racism. So they should not just give up. They should continue that you know, that struggle amongst other white people till death do them part. Wow. Uh, I'm, I'm just curious to get your opinion. Do you think um, if racism, the system of racism, white supremacy is about making sure that white genetic annihilation does not occur. Do you think that white people I mean, are going to... I mean, say the question again. If what now? If the system of white supremacy is about making sure that white genetic annihilation does not occur, do you think that white people are going to voluntarily discontinue this practice? No, I don't think so. 
my opinion, in other words, if they are committed to white genetic survival, then probably that's what they will continue to do. But it'll be one thing to be truthful about what they're doing. In other words, or for the people of color, if the vast majority of the people on the planet who are non-white people, if they really understood that the behavior of people who classify themselves as white is bottom line for the purpose of white genetic uh, survival, not taking democracy to different parts of the world or getting rid of dictatorships, that whatever it is that they're doing is for the purpose of white genetic survival. Do you see whether that means that they have to have all the oil, all the natural resources in Africa, South America, uh, in Asia, that really the motivation is white genetic survival and to prevent white genetic annihilation, then all the non-white people, well, this is why we continue to be in poverty. Or this is why we don't have health care. Or this is why we see the conditions that exist in Haiti. Well, then the non-white people, so endarkened, formerly people would say enlightened, <laughs> say endarkened, the non-white people would be able to say, oh, so this is what is going on. And all the weapons that we are being given to fight each other, this is why this is happening. And so the non-white people would have a choice. Wait a minute. Uh, no, we are going to put the brakes on the global white minority. Not hate them, not be disrespectful, but we are no longer going to fall victim to their manipulation. Do you see? So situations like the Tutsi and the Hutu and the, and the Tutsi, people being motivated to fight and kill each other so other people can come in and take the resources from their land, that they will not fall victim to that kind of manipulation. Or for that matter, gang warfare in urban centers. You see so-called crips and so-called bloods and both being given weapons to fight and kill each other or being given drugs to sell instead of being given or having access to jobs, they would wake up and say, wait a, wait a minute, we didn't understand what this was all about, and we're not going to fall victim to this, killing each other for the purpose of white genetic survival. Mr. Uh, Neely Fuller Jr., he was recently on uh, Cree's program, and he said that other than your theory, the, the crust, the, uh, excuse me, the crust theory uh, of white genetic annihilation, he was not aware of any other theory that addressed the why in terms of why white people practice racism white supremacy, and he thought that was peculiar in and of itself, that no one else had really devoted any time to studying why this is happening. 
Um, I guess, number one, are you aware of any other theories that address why? No, and I recently, I don't know whether I said it to you, but I said it on another program. If anybody has a better theory, explanation of why people who classify themselves as white behave in the way that they do towards people who are non-white or black, brown, red, and yellow people, I'll pay that person a $1,000. If you have a better theory, I'll throw mine out. Because in science, you want a correct answer so that you can proceed in a logical manner towards eradicating a problem. And I've been saying this for, my goodness, 25, 30 years. Does anybody have a better explanation, comprehensive you know, explanation, so that they can explain not only drive, driving while black and explain, you know, why the ball games are as significant as they are and the symbolism of football, basketball, golf, billards. Do you see why white people like chocolate? So if anyone has a better explanation, I don't care what color they are, you know, let me know. I'll pay you $1,000. But as I've said this over and over again, throughout the years, I'm waiting that if somebody has a better explanation, what the world needs is an understanding of the behavior dynamic of racism, white supremacy, which is the dominant power structure on planet Earth. And it is not a just system, which is why, you know, there's so much killing and so much warfare and people not getting along harmoniously because you have a minority whose genetic survival, they experience it as being threatened. It's not that non-white people are seeking massively, seeking to have sexual relations with white people. You see, it's white people being fearful that if people of color have power and are not uh, dominated by people who classify themselves as white, that white would disappear, especially with white fe females saying that their ideal mate is tall, dark, and handsome. So uh, this is what, uh, again, uh, people need to understand this or if there's a better explanation uh, and I don't think it is, I, um, because these are not, you know, making up, uh, I haven't made up any, any, any facts. I have interpreted what the facts are. In other words, whites, people with white skins are a tiny minority. White skin is a genetic recessive condition. This is not Francis Welsing's genetics or Francis Welsing's demographics. These are demographics that are known throughout the world and also known by people who classify themselves as white. And so this group that after 
realizing that they are a tiny minority and that they are genetic recessive. After they made the decision, the way to survive and to survive as white is to dominate all of the people of color. Having made that decision and having structured uh, world power in the way that it is, uh, again, if I'm mistaken and I don't understand what I'm talking about, please correct me, but not correct me by some, I think you told me that Tim Wise said that this is uh, pseudoscientific bullshit. Yes, ma'am. <laughs> it is not. It is not. And if he has a better explanation, but, you know, if anyone has a better explanation, let's have it. Because the challenge, as Dr. Du Bois said early in the 20th century, the problem of the 20th century is a question of the color line between the lighter and the darker races of mankind. And I say that the challenge for the 21st century is to solve the problem of the color line, which is the problem of racism and white supremacy. And for non-white people to become aware, not so that they spend any energy hating white people, being discourteous or disrespectful to white people, or trying to deprive white people of the things that they need for uh, life, health, and happiness. No understanding so that they can move their behavior because if people of color and especially black people black people have been um, the most uh, inferiorized shall I say because we have the greatest genetic potential to cause white genetic annihilation and this is why everybody grows up here and if you're black get back brown stick around yellow mellow white right but if Black people begin to understand, wait a minute, we have been programmed to hate ourselves. We have been programmed to be discourteous and disrespectful to one another. We have been programmed to fight and kill each other. We have been programmed to rob and steal from each other. Let us move into behavior correction, which is a, a lot of the work that Neely Fuller has done. What behavior units will counter that each individual person can decide on his or her own to practice? What behavior units will they engage in that will, it's like a chess game, that will begin to block the behavior necessity program by racism, white supremacy. And so, you know, it's a marvelous challenge. But I maintain that you've got to get in touch with your self-respect as a black person and, you know, really begin to admire the condition of most black, the highest level of black, which is where we were when we were brought from the continent of Africa and through rape and systematic sexual abuse in the hundreds of years of enslavement 
a lot of our melanin has been lost, and we have been programmed to hate black. Well, we need to get back in the position. It's like all of the colors are fine, but we have to get into the position of deeply respecting the highest levels of blackness. You see, so people will cease trying to bleach their color. Because as long as, if I'm black, as long as I'm trying to bleach my color, I am manifesting black self-hate. And that will translate in other ways as I relate to other black people. And this goes for, you know, like all of the people, whether they're in Asia, South America, Central America, Africa, all of the non-white people on the planet have been taught to hate themselves. They're bleaching their skin in Asia, all the way through Asia, across Asia, through South Africa, through the continent of Africa, through Central and South America. And so non-white people are in a high state of self-hate. And that needs to stop, simply meaning people need to become aware of why they are thinking in this manner. Uh, you know, this is Easter Sunday, and we can get into a whole discussion about transforming the image of this figure called Jesus. If he came from the Middle East, he was not white. But the system of racism, white supremacy, gave the global non-white majority the image of God as white. So they end up worshiping the very force that is oppressing them. And they are being told that this white image loves them, which is contrary to the role that people who classify themselves as white have played on the planet in relationship to non-white people. And so, you know, again, I think that, if anything, people... And certainly people of color need to envision Jesus, if he was a historical figure, he was black. Now, whatever shade of black you want to give, but he was not white. He didn't look like white. He didn't look almost like white. And amongst the miscegenated Semitic population, after the Romans had been in Africa and miscegenating the population, then as now, the Romans moved, the, moved forward the people who are the miscegenated class. And so the very fact that uh, if Jesus was a historical figure, if he was rejected by his own group, it's just like Senator Harry Reid saying, if Barack Obama was a blacker-skinned person, he would not have been uh, able to become president. Mm -hmm. Now, you know, some black people wanted to jump up and down and say that's a racist remark. No, that's a truthful remark under the system of racism, white supremacy. You see, what chance would Verdon Jordan have to become president? Mm -hmm. You see, we all know so we don't have to pretend. So I say Jesus was probably a real dark dude who was opposing Roman rule. 
in Africa and his own people. Wait a minute, he can't be king. <laughs> He's mm. too dark. He can't be king. <laughs> so turn him over, and and we can, you know, if uh, you know, it might not be quite shade of color, but just think about the way that large numbers of black people reacted to Martin Luther King. His lips were too big. His nose was too broad. Do you understand what I'm saying? This is true. People, people said this while he was alive? Black people? Yes. <laughs> wow. Well, you see, we don't have to be shocked. All we have to do is be truthful. What do the majority of black people in this area of the world think is good looking? Uh, is it the crystal black person? See, the psychiatrist, you know, people bring children to the psychiatrist's office. My daughter wants to commit suicide, Dr. Wilson, because the boys tell her she's too dark to date. See, this is what, this is what we have to find the courage and the self-respect to be truthful. Neely Fuller has said that self-respect is refusing to lie to yourself. See, this is just, nobody has to, you know, be ashamed. This is conditioning under the conditions of racism, white supremacy. You know, if I could invent three pills, one pill will turn you white by tomorrow morning, the second pill you take the next day, it will give you long, straight hair, the third pill uh, you take two days later will give you white features. Could I become a billionaire if I put my pills on eBay? <laughs> by the end of the week, I would be a multi-billionaire because people all over the non-white majority world, after having been conditioned and deeply conditioned by white supremacy and then taking up, internalizing that condition, and then taking forth that condition and that thinking into their lives and into their homes and into their social practice. This is truth. Wow. Again, uh, our guest for today's program, Dr. Francis Cress Welsing. Um, Wow, I just, you you talked about the the conditioning that everyone is subjected to in the system of white supremacy, um, and before you you said in uh, darkened uh, instead of enlightened. Um, have you heard people use the term fair to mean legitimate, valid, accurate? Uh, and if so, do you feel like that's another? You mean you F A? Are you saying F A I R? Yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. Um, have you have you heard people use that term in that manner to connote uh, correctness or accuracy? Oh yes, that's fair. <laughs> <laughs> you see, or people say she's fair skinned. Right, right, right. See, all of this is 
support white supremacy speech. You see, or it was a black day. Now, when it comes to money, if you're in the black, that's a positive. You see, but other uh, uses of the term black is negative. I mean, this is, uh, again, you know, black male, which is almost like B-L-A-C-K-M-A-L-E. Wow. Yeah, I I try to point that out on the program, particularly when white people use the term fair to mean accuracy or justice or correctness, mm-hmm. that that mm-hmm. is not correct, that that should not be done because you are equating whiteness with correctness and legitimacy. Um, I think someone had even said recently, you're not treating me fairly. So you're not treating me like I'm a white person. That that basically is what you're saying when you say that. Um, I know Mr. Tim Wise, uh, I have prompted him about this repeatedly, and he continues to use the term fair to mean legitimate, valid, correct. Um, and he knows it's inaccurate. He's never contested, um, but he continues to do it. Uh, I think that just speaks to the uh, almost organic nature of racism, white supremacy, and how it uh, is it's just affected every aspect of people activity, language, the way we think, the way we talk about everything. Well, according to what you have said, uh, Mr. Wise says that he is racist, that he's yes, white right. and he's racist. So do, do, do you see what I'm saying? So, you know, if he's saying that truthfully about himself, accept it, but then seeing the logic that will flow from that. Uh, I wanted to uh, to ask, I know I've seen, I feel like I've seen a lot of examples of where white people find it very arousing to be able to practice racism while engaging in sexual intercourse with a non-white person. Um, in fact, engaging in sexual intercourse with that non-white person becomes um, one of one of the most powerful acts of racism for that white person. Uh, is that something that you've observed? And if so, could you elaborate? Well, uh, as Mr. Fuller said, it causes confusion in the thinking of the non-white person. See, non-white people have been subjected for centuries to a system of racism, white supremacy. And so if a white person decides to have sexual relations with a non-white person, very often that non-white person does not want to hear any discussion about racism, white supremacy, although they continue to be victimized by racism, white supremacy. Members of their family continue to be victimized. Their collective continues to be victimized. Do you see? So the person will say, X, Y, Z is not racist because they're having sexual relations with me. Do you see? But my goodness gracious, Thomas Jefferson, George Washington, all the past presidents who were slave owners were probably having sexual relations with African women. That did not stop racism, white supremacy. And so if 
non-white people reach a point where there is an understanding of racism, white supremacy as a total system dynamic that is nothing less than domestic terrorism. It not only is war against non-white people, it's terrorism and it's genocide. And so if that is understood in non-white people, just like any war, you know, fraternization with the enemy force is considered unacceptable. And so if black people, non-white people, reached a point where their self-respect dictated to them, it's all well and good if I think I like you, but until this war of racism, white supremacy has ended, we're not going to pretend that everything is okay. See, that's just taking a self-respect position, and I think that self-respect is critical. You see, until people respect themselves, they are not going to be taken seriously by anyone outside of themselves. And so it's not a question of... of Hating, do you see, some people think that an answer to racism is to go around hating people who classify themselves as white or being discourteous or disrespectful to them. I say no. The answer is respecting yourself as a black person, respecting other black people and other people of color, and maximizing and learning those behaviors that indicate that you do respect yourself and you will not participate in a movie such as Precious. You see, which is black image defamation or any of the other images where black people are being paid to demean and to disrespect themselves and call it, oh, it's just entertainment, or it's just a movie, or it's just a play, or it's just a video. So it's, it's, it's important. It's, it's very important. And black people can run a test if they want. If they happen to be sleeping with a white person, the test in the middle of the sex act is to ask the white person, what do white people talk about when no black people are around? The sex act will stop. Because that's white self-preservation. The things that people who classify themselves as white talk about when no black people are around is the maintenance of the system of racism, white supremacy, if that's no more than referring to black people as niggers. That's code for saying you know who, you know who we are and you know who they are and you know what has to be done with them or how we have to relate to them, that could just mean even on a job where black people are being paid less than people who are classified as white. 
or black people not being afforded the same education, same opportunities, the same health care, the same housing conditions, the same living conditions. Hello? Can I be heard? Hello? Yes, ma'am. Can you hear me? Yes. Okay. Um, I just wanted to get your perspective. We had a lot of people that called in, so I want to see if we can get a question or two. Um, but I did want to ask, do you think the racist white supremacists are trying to kill all black people? No, if you killed all the non-white people, then who will you be supreme over? White supremacy means that I have to be able to look at people with skin coloration and they have to either be in a state of impoverishment or some level that I can look down on them and think of them as being less than myself. That's why there can't be an end to poverty as long as a system of racism, white supremacy exists, because the mindset, see, the mindset of racism, white supremacy, comes from people who lack skin coloration. The human norm is to have skin color. To not have skin color is albinism, variant of albinism, a genetic deficiency state, not defined by Francis Welsing but be fined by geneticists and dermatologists. You see, so that condition of being, I don't have color. I was supposed to have color because black people give birth to uh, the genetic mutation of albinism. So the parent is black, and a mutation to albinism means that an offspring has been produced who doesn't have skin coloration. I maintain this is where white people come from. They're genetic mutants from black people on the continent of Africa. And so they feel I am less than, and so the compensation is I have to think of myself as superior. And to the extent that I can organize a system of power, I can make you look inferior to me. If my system is white supremacy based, meaning whites will have and the people who are non-white will not have. And so I have to be able to look at people of color and see them as deficient or make them act through the manipulation of system activity make them look like life unworthy of life. So when we see these gangster images and gangster rap, you see people looking like, I don't know where they come from, looking like demons. All the images of black men that you see as you are exiting, exiting the supermarket at the cashier, all these despicable images 
of black men. Jewelry and tattoos and looking menacing. Like an object that should be killed and destroyed. This is white supremacy think, and this is uh, ignorance on the part of black people who do not understand what racism, white supremacy is, and how it works. But go ahead. <laughs> uh, always a privilege uh, to have Dr. Welsing on the program. Um, quite a few folks called in. Are you you okay taking a question or two? Sure, sure. Okay. Um, let's see, 404, 404, you have a question for uh, Dr. Welsing. You're, you're on the air. Hello. Hi, Dr. Welsing. Hi, how are you? I'm, I'm all right. Um, I have a few questions, but I don't want to uh, take up too much time. So Ask one at a time. Okay, so um, the first one is uh, about the statue or the monument that's being built in Senegal. Um, I know you talk and write a lot about symbols. Um, have you seen that yet? No, I'm not familiar with that. Okay. Maybe you can well, tell me I, about it. Okay. Well, it's it's huge. It's bigger than the Statue of Liberty, and it costs a lot of money. And um, it's, I, in my opinion, it's beautiful. It shows a black man. Um, he's like holding this black woman who's behind him, and then he's got his child like on his shoulder and they're like looking towards the future and like pointing and um, I think the president of that country said something like it's to signify the new African renaissance and uh, African unity for like the um, the African Union um, but it's been getting a lot of negative press from the western world which I guess is why so difficult. yeah they're saying they're just trying to pick at it any kind of way that they can they're saying stuff like oh, that woman is unclothed. But Dr. Welsing, you know African peoples historically before coming into contact with Europeans didn't have any problems with their nakedness. They're saying that she's scantily clad, and they're like, oh, you don't have a lot of money. Why are you spending your money building this? But I just saw it as like them wanting to hate on a symbol because symbols are powerful, and this could mm-hmm. really have a huge impact on African people. So mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I I guess if you if you haven't seen that, then... um. I just no, I recommend I'll certainly have to try out. to see that. Mm-hmm. Okay, and then Another okay. Question. So my mm-hmm. yeah, my second question was: um, Do you think that there's anything else distinct about uh, white people besides their albinism, maybe their mind or anything? Well, I think that their mindset evolved from the situation that they found themselves in, and I will even start. Uh, from the point, I think that people with skin pigmentation on the continent of Africa put the people, the albino mutants, out of Africa, chase them out. I mean, I say that it's uh, recorded in the book of Genesis in this way, that Adam and Eve, meaning the first white people, my interpretation, ate the forbidden fruit and they became ashamed of their nakedness. Their nakedness means the absence of color. And we even see on the continent of Africa today where pigmented skinned people uh, have been uh, 
accused of or admit to mistreating the albino mutants that have arisen in their group. So having pushed the people out based on skin color, I think that, uh, you know, having been rejected and then adopting a stance of I am superior to you is, you know, the mindset that drives uh, the system of racism, white supremacy. At the same time that people want to suntan or um, use various suntanning lotions to darken their skin. So I don't, I don't know. I think that that's sufficient to skin color because that's what racism, white supremacy, is based on. Do you see? So it was evolving a system for white survival, but at the same time evolving a system that had to inferiorize people who had color. So I don't know, does that answer you? Yes, that answers my question. Thank you. Um, also, do you know of any symbols that we could use um, to kind of help out black people, um, for instance, young black females, in order to like help them with psychological problems they might have or mental issues as being victims of racism, white supremacy? See, I think that we need to, in a sense, put our arms around each other. You know, if black people want to teach a new dance step to another black person, we put our arms around a person and show them how to do the dance step. And I think that we need to begin to embrace one another. First of all, embrace ourselves and decide that we're going to love and respect ourselves as black people and that we are going to love and respect one another and relate to one another as though we have respect for ourselves as a people. And then help each other understand older people helping the younger people understand because we have never been so deeply uh, destroyed in terms of our self-image and our behavior towards one another as we are now. And I've been looking at uh, Eye on the Prize and I encourage everybody to look at the film Eye on the Prize that covers the civil rights movement and to see the dignity and the respect that black people had for themselves during that period that enabled them to go up against police batons and gloves and, and uh, guns and police dogs and horses, the dignity that the people carried on their faces and in the way that they walked and the way that they talked, we all need to go back and get those films and play those films and look at the level of dignity and self-respect that has been stripped from us since that time. You know, people talk about things are a lot different than they were in so-called progress, but the demeanment of black people 
has caused us to be in a worse condition than we have ever been. And I think the system of racism, white supremacy, saw that level of dignity and self-sacrifice and self-respect and unity. And the system, the persons who do the thinking within the system said, we have to destroy this. And they have done absolutely that. You see, to the point that black people were willing to call themselves niggers and dogs and gangsters and thugs and bitches and whores. You see, so the people who have since died, who went through that, if they could look down from some heavenly space and say, my God, what, what did we do this for? But again, that's just the other side of the chessboard, looking at the significance of black pride, black dignity, black self-respect, and the power. It wasn't monetary power. It was the self-respect and the dignity and the pride that carried the people through that struggle. And we need to go back and we need to recognize first that we have been turned around from that point and go back and capture that level of decency and dignity and pride and self-respect. We've lost that, and when that is lost, nearly everything is lost. You can have a black president. You can have 50 Mercedes in your garage. You can have boats. You can have thousands and thousands, yet millions of dollars. But if you have lost self-respect and pride and dignity, then all of the material stuff means absolutely nothing. And this is where we are, and this is what the system of racism and white supremacy is set on supporting. But we understand, you know, what the white dilemma is and what their situation is, but we have to recover ourselves, and we have to recognize we are the parent people on this planet, the creator of the universe, whatever force that is, made black people the first human beings on the planet, and everybody came from black people. See, we're the only people that can make all of the colors. From crystal black, we can make an albino mutant, cross the albino mutant with the crystal black, and you have all the colors in the middle. So we are the parent people on this planet. We were the chosen people to be the parent people on the planet. And we have to get ourselves together and move forward and stop expecting that people who classify themselves as white, who have defined their self-mission as white genetic survival, preventing white genetic annihilation by any means necessary. Now, yes, if I could wave a magic wand and take them off of that mission, but they define what their mission should be. And that is how their mission has been defined, so that they are not able to transform, or let's put it this way, we cannot expect that they will set the conditions for black people to transform themselves. We have to transform ourselves based on our understanding.
and there's nothing more important that we can do with our energy. And that means such things as black people need to stop studying and breeding. By that I mean when we were formal slaves, the slave master would make black males have sexual relations with black females to produce more slaves. And then the slaves would be sold to another, the offspring would be sold to another plantation. Well, we are in that same dynamic at this point in time, and we think that things have changed. Do you see? So we have unmarried people producing offspring that they are not able to take care of that go into foster care and the children are shipped from one foster home to another foster home prior to going to prison if they're males. And so we have to get a hold. Sexual activity is critical activity. When I was training in psychiatry, we used to say, tell me what you do here, genitals, and I'll tell you what you think of yourself that sexual activity is the only activity that we can engage in where we can produce another human being. It should be the activity that has the highest level of respect. But in Western civilization and culture, sex is demeaned and degraded. And once that's done, anything flows from that inclusive of sex with animals, sexual abuse of children, etc., sexual abuse of, you know, people relating to each other. And so we have to decide that we are going to master, in nearly fullest terms, if you do not understand racism, white supremacy, what it is and exactly how it works. Everything else that you understand will only confuse you. So mastering and understanding of racism, white supremacy, mastering the basic behaviors of black, what I call black mental health, black self-respect, meaningful cause, counter-racism, you know, stop name-calling each other, stop gossiping about each other, stop squabbling with each other, stop snitching on each other, stop cursing one another, stop being discourteous and disrespectful, to one another, stop robbing one another, stop stealing from one another, stop fighting one another, stop killing one another. And I use, I add to that, stop using and selling drugs to one another, stop black children think, from thinking that as children they can be adequate mothers and fathers. If I could wave a magic wand, no black person would be having sex until marriage, no marriage until 30 no more than two, no closer together than three years apart. In the meantime, they will be studying the first 30 years of study and learning and learning how to stand on your own feet and being a productive person and stop pretending that racism, white supremacy does not exist. Stop throwing down trash where black people live, work, and play. Stop allowing black, brown, red, and yellow people being divided by racism, white supremacy. So mastering these behaviors and elaborations from these, and everybody should own a copy of Neely Fuller's book, Textbook for Victims of Racism, that goes into much more depth and detail about prescribed behaviors at the chessboard of racism, white supremacy. So 
Each person can select the behaviors that they're going to engage in that are going to counter racism, white supremacy, and have as a goal objective. Not just accumulating money, but the goal objective is replacing racism, white supremacy with justice so that there can be peace. And mastering those behaviors, like I maintain that justice is a byproduct of self-respect. And mastering those behaviors that are reflecting that there is deep self-respect. It's like Martin Luther King says, if you haven't found that thing for which you are willing to give your life, your life is not worth living. So getting in touch with that level of self-respect, why? So that we can produce justice and have peace on this planet. And peace, justice means nobody is mistreated. Nobody is mistreated. And nobody is allowed to mistreat anybody else. Thank you. That's a lot to think about. Okay. Thank you for calling. Thank you. That was uh, Love, Truth, and Liberation uh, calling in from Georgia. Um, someone called in at 111. 111, if you have a question. Greetings, Renegade, and greetings to you, Dr. Wellesley. Greetings. Um. I have so many questions, and I know that there are others, so I'll ask the one that I'd most like to hear your thoughts on. Um, there's a, a problem and something that's confusing for me. Quite often, I hear that race is nothing more than a social and political construct and that it has no biological basis. Um on the other hand, I've heard you say that when white people first began to travel the globe, they discovered that the biological evidence of color or peoples of color was greater than those people who classify themselves as white. So it seems that the primary impetus for creating the social and political concept of race came as a result of the biological basis of color and that whites uh, trying to save that color or not be annihilated was also a great part of that. Um, could you uh, comment on that? Well, uh, the people who uh, say that race is a social construct uh, are not looking at the fact that people who classify themselves as white classify people based on skin color, which they translated and called the different races of human beings. And so the fact of skin color, its presence or its absence, is the thing that has been focused on as race. And uh, race in terms of biology, you know, uh, refers to having certain genetic uh, 
factors or certain genetic uh, appearances in common. So race was, you know, the biology or who has melanin and who does not have melanin is simply a reality. And when people came out of Europe, people who did not have skin coloration, and they started traveling around the globe and finding out that the majority of people on the planet had skin color and that they were the only place where there were white-skinned people and that after traveling around the planet or staying in a place where there were people of color and the men having sexual relations with the women of color and seeing that the children didn't turn out white so that they realized that, wait a minute, this production of skin color by the majority of people on the planet, you know, that since we're a tiny minority of people and they're the overwhelming majority, that we could, unless we dominate and control them, we could be genetically annihilated. And so race as skin color, the phenotype of people who have melanin skin pigmentation is a thing that is key and that is focused on by people who classify themselves as white and classify everybody else as non-white. You see, and again, if there's any confusion, just look at the census material. All of those other categories of people other than white represent people who are classified basically as non-white people. And why is this important? It's important for white genetic survival. I remember asking uh, one of the so-called white supremacists, what percentage of white people are fearful of white genetic annihilation. And he said, Dr. Wilson, nearly all of them, but they are ashamed to admit it. Nearly all of them. And so if this is the motivating factor for behavior, I say it is the key motivating factor. Who's white and who's non-white? And what level of non-white are you? And this is why all non-white people, whether they're in Asia, Africa, South America, Central America, United States of America, all people learn before they learn how to read. If you're black, get back, brown, stick around, yellow, mellow, white, right. And you might say, well, how does a little child learn it? Because they see how their family members react to color and how they react to most color. And so everybody internalizes the color code for, what I say is the color code for white genetic survival on the planet. Black, get back, brown, stick around, yellow, mellow, white, right. All of these are biologically determined levels of genetic production of skin melanin. So this is what is driving activity on the planet. The only people that are being killed in warfare on this planet are people of color, whether it's the Palestinian people, the people in Iraq, the people in Afghanistan, the people in Pakistan, or the young people 
on the streets or the people in Mexico or the young people on the streets uh, in the urban centers of the United States, all based on skin color. That's the race factor that is pinpointed in the system of racism, which is white supremacy. White supremacy, which is why those words have to be tied together. Racism meaning white supremacy. White supremacy meaning racism. Don't ever use the word racism without attaching it to white supremacy because there's no brown supremacy, there's no yellow supremacy. The only supremacy that exists on planet Earth at this point is white supremacy. And one other question. Um, Dr. Welsing, how important do you think the youth of non-white people's feelings and emotions are for white people for the maintenance of white supremacy? Well, um, I may have addressed this a little bit earlier. I think that black people need to put their emotions in check. Now, it's very emotions are very important for human beings, but people can just be emotional, crying and screaming and shouting and making a lot of noise and not thinking. And I would want to put my emphasis on, in other words, you don't want to get rid of emotions because this is refining the behavior of human beings, the sensitivity of human beings. But if it's just all emotional outbursts and yelling and screaming, hooping and hollering, and not thinking, not using those cells in the cerebral cortex to think, meaning an analysis of racism, white supremacy, not just saying racism and, you know, just getting all emotional and going off the handle and calling names. No. It's understanding what racism is and being able to proceed calmly with determination and having in mind what the ultimate goal objective is. The ultimate goal objective meaning replace racism, white supremacy with justice on this planet so there can be peace. And calmly bringing into play those behaviors that are going to be, that are the manifestation of self-respect, which I say is the foundation for justice. People who respect themselves will see that justice is produced in their surroundings. See, I'm not talking about some superficial self-respect. I'm talking about in-depth self-respect 
that presupposes taking the time to understand the power context of the environment in which one finds oneself. And proceeding based upon that understanding and not being shaken off of that understanding because somebody won't give you a job if you understand racism, white supremacy. Or if you have a job pretending that racism doesn't exist so that you can keep your job. I'm not talking about you have to be on a job yelling and screaming about racism, white supremacy. But many people have jobs as long as they talk about something else other than racism, white supremacy. At the same time, they're pretending that they're interested in solving the problem of racism, white supremacy. Next question. Um, someone called in uh, at another 111 number. Um, other individual at 111, your mic is open. Hi, uh, Dr. Welsing. Yes, how are you? I'm doing good. Um, I can sure use that $1,000, but uh, I don't think I'm going to be collected anytime soon. You said what? I said I could use that $1,000, but I don't think I'm going to be collected anytime soon. Meaning you don't have a, another explanation? No, not at all. Okay. Well, then okay. use mine. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Thanks. Um, you said uh, you said a lot. Uh, basically, everything needs to be said. But I am curious about what I'm seeing these days, which is fear. Um, fear. You know, we've seen yes, fear. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, we've seen the 9/11 and uh, Abu Ghraib and the 41 shots and you know the, the cop terrorism. And it just seems like uh, I work with young people, and sometimes they come to the class terrified. They're so stressed out, and I, I know it's from the adults. Um, they uh, they just seem scared to really. Um, they don't want to be the first line of defense. That's what I'm hearing, and uh, I know you spoke on it uh, a little bit already, but. When you say they don't, are you talking about children don't want to be the first line of defense? Uh, the adults. What I'm hearing is they feel like there's going to be like a first wave of people, you know, that are outspoken, that are going to get, going to take the brunt of the attack, and nobody wants to be that first wave. Okay, I would say that self-respect is the antidote for fear. Do you see, in other words, how do I value myself? If I blindly, let's say if I just look at television or if I just look at movies or if I just look at magazines, but I'm a black person, if I'm just taking in images without being able to think about why I am seeing what I'm seeing, then my self-respect level can be very, very low. Without, I mean, most people don't go around, you know, with a self-respect meter. Like, what do I actually think about myself? Or, you know, get an internal body reading of uh, level of self-respect. But 
racism, white supremacy could not exist if our level, our levels of self-respect were not very low. And so if one looks at uh, Eye on the Prize and sees the black people in the 1960s and the Montgomery boycott, you see, and what those people went through and the pain and the agony and the threat to life that they went through, or even a person like Martin Luther King who continued to be a drum major for justice even though he knew that the system of racism and white supremacy was seeking to kill him. The people who persisted, Megar Evers, the list goes on and on, of the people who persisted. Now, their self-respect level was high, and so therefore their level of courage was high. And the Martin Luther King in that speech, I, I fear no man. See, he had taken himself to that level through the work that he was doing, and he persisted even though, you know, there were continuing threats to his life. And so for people who may say that they're fearful, they don't need to feel ashamed, uh, you know, admitting fear is strength. And, you know, I think that black men need to have a conference, a national conference, on we're afraid of the white man. Now, somebody might think, well, that's demeaning. I would say no. That's why there's a lot of black male killing of each other out of their fear that is being turned, and it doesn't have to be conscious, that is being turned against one another out of the conditions that we are, you know, forced to live in and that a lot of our young people are forced to live in. I mean, that would be the most important conference that could possibly be held. There would be reporters there. Well, wait a minute. What are you going to do about it? We don't know because we're afraid. We have to face up to our fear. Not that we're going to start going around hating people, but we're just taking a mirror to ourselves and realizing this is what has happened to us in this system of racism, white supremacy. Even looking at such a thing as I was just making some notes about all these young black men with their pants hanging down and translating that as any young black man who is walking with his pants hanging down is making a statement, I have been deprived of a father. If I had a father, he would have been able to teach me how to pull up my pants from being an 18-month-old baby with a dirty diaper. He would have been able to teach me to pull my pants up and walk as a man. But my father has been psychologically killed or physically killed by the system of racism, white supremacy. So as disgusting as that may look, I'm advocating that people look at it 
Now, this is not condemnation of black men. In other words, if the system of racism and white supremacy is based on the fear of white genetic annihilation, it's the black male who is perceived as the one who can cause white genetic annihilation. And the black male compared to any other brown, red, yellow, because black has the greatest genetic potential to cause white genetic annihilation. So the black male is, you know, targeted as the number one enemy of white genetic survival. Do you see what I'm saying? So just people being aware of that. Not black men feeling bad. It's like, oh, this is fascinating. This is interesting. Nobody is talking to us about why we have this mass level incarceration. It's almost like locking up the black genetic material. So it's like if, you know, if black people, it's just, you know, sitting at a chessboard and uh, the black side of the chessboard is in check or losing the game and, and sitting back in the chair and, and saying, wait a minute, let me understand what is really happening at this chessboard. Let me really begin to understand the plays that are being made from the white side of the chessboard that is playing offense-defense, and I have to play defense-offense. That's a more difficult position, but the game can be won depending upon the knowledge and skill of the game. That's the position that we're in. And if black men, you know, in a very serious manner, just said we have been made afraid of the white man, through lynching, castration, harassment. I mean, think of if all the black males, just 100 black males, just gave the age at which they started being intimidated by police, white police officers, age 8, age 9, age 10, age 11, frightening them to death. That's where the fear begins, or the fear begins because a black male is denied employment. If you don't have employment, how can you be a husband and how can you be a father? And it's not that black men are lazy. No, this is the system of racism and white supremacy. So, you know, they just gave unemployment statistics out, and they'll talk about the unemployment rate is 9%. That's for whites. Unemployment level for black people is twice to three times that amount. In some places, the unemployment of black males is at the level of 50%. This is the war of racism and white supremacy. It's not going to be won by yelling and screaming and shouting and calling white people names or being discourteous and disrespectful, but it is going to be one based on being able to think clearly about exactly what is happening to us as a people and understanding that 
the manifestation of a man is not just being able to have ten different children by nine different women and not being able to take care of any one of them because he can't take care of himself. So we've got distortions in our thinking because we are trapped in this system of racism, white supremacy, but I have every confidence that we, as the parent people on this planet, have the capacity to think and understand our way through this problem. Like, I maintain that any black person that understands racism, white supremacy, your IQ score is can go up 100 points. And this is why we go around asking each other, hey, what's happening, what's happening, what's happening? Because we don't understand what is going on. No matter what we do, we are just walking in a circle and walking in a circle and walking in a circle. But we can understand and we can master the behaviors that are going to put this unjust system of racism, white supremacy in check. And anybody who wants to understand how racism, white supremacy is, is supported, just see how these extremists who are going around, you know, learning how to shoot all kinds of weapons, they're being given a pass. Nobody is saying these people need to be, you know, locked up. These are domestic terrorists. No, all kinds of excuses are being made and they're being called everything other than racist white supremacists which is a foundation ideology of their philosophy, whether they call themselves Christian identity or patriots or whatever they call themselves. Underlying it is the theme of racism, white supremacy. But if we begin to cut out the music, cut out the loud music, you know, cut out the music that's banging so that a car next to you, the vibrations can shake your car off the road. I have every confidence that we can be victorious in bringing justice and peace to the planet. Uh, uh, Dr. Welton, do you have time for a final question? Sure. Okay. Uh, 310, if you are still with us, 310, go right yes. ahead with your question. All right. Can, can I be heard? Can I be yes, heard? Sir. All yes, right. Sir. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, Dr. Welsing, a uh, pleasure, uh, honored to get to uh, ask you a question uh, once again. Um, I have uh, a question for you. For, uh, for black people right, as a collective unit, under the system of white supremacy, do you think it is constructive, destructive, or of no significant effect for non-white black people to be in sexual relations with non-black, non-white people? Oh, you mean for people, non-white people to be in sexual relations with each other? Is that uh, my understanding? 
Well, more specifically, uh, with with regard to non-white people, do you think it, um, for, in other words, black people, do you think it is uh, constructive, destructive, or of no significant effect for black people to be in relations with uh, other non-white people who are not black? As long as the black person is not thinking that this makes them better than black or makes their offspring better than black. You see, in other words, if the black person is trying to get away from being black by being in a relationship with a non-white person who is higher on the white on the white um, genetic survival scale. So if the black person says, "I don't like being black, so I have to get with some other color lesser than black." I would say that's a tragedy under white supremacy. Okay, fair enough. And I, I know you don't have much time, um, and uh, uh, but I do know uh, later on uh, Tim Wise is uh, going to be on the couch as well. So I have an interesting question uh, for you, Dr. Welsing. Uh, do you consider Jews like Tim Wise as white or non-white persons? It's not me. I'm not the person who classifies colors. I can only say that Adolf Hitler said, and his work, Mein Kampf, he didn't care about the religion of the Jewish people. He said the fact that they are not white people. And the word Semite means mixed race. That's like mulatto, the people in the Middle East. If you look in your dictionary, it says a Semite is someone who speaks a Semitic language. Arabic Hebrew, those languages in that part of the world. Those people are a mixture of white people from Europe and black people from the continent of Africa. So it's just like we have mulatto people here. We have black people who can pass for white until a person who classifies people, a person who's classified himself as white, says, but wait a minute, you can pass, you look like you're white, but your grandfather is black. You're black. So it's white people in a system of racism and white supremacy that do the classifying. And they classify in that way because if their fundamental concern is white genetic survival, they do not want to bring little bits and pieces of black genetic material because that eventuates in white genetic annihilation. So it's not, you know, it's not how Francis Wilson classifies. It's how have people been classified by the system of racism, white supremacy. And just, you know, it's like a black person who can pass for white saying I'm white until they check and see who you're related to. Like the Mormon church has all those records. Who is your grandfather? Who is your great-grandfather? Who is your great-great-grandfather? Oh, I know who you are. 
Thank you for that. Thank you for that. Uh, and when, uh, final question, and this is uh, a quick one, when are you going to release the ISIS paper part two? I am too. Yes, ma'am. Is that what you're saying? Yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. We are, I'm, I'm excited to, uh, I'm, yeah, I'd love to read it. I'm sure uh, a lot of people out there, uh, we are very excited uh, to get that volume two from you. I hope that it'll be soon, but I can't tell you the exact date right now. I'm sorry. All right. Thank you. Thank you for your call. Thank you uh, so much for uh, sharing some of your time with us uh, this Sunday afternoon. Uh, it is always a huge honor to have you on the program. Uh, folks are uh, so pleased to be able to hear from you and give constructive information. Uh, hopefully we can solve this problem. We can replace white supremacy with justice. Well, we, we have, have to be to, uh, determined that the problem is going to be solved. You know, we're the parents in this house called Planet Earth. And parents have to, you know, I'm speaking as a child psychiatrist now, parents have to be determined that the house is going to make, get in order. You know, sometimes uh, child psychiatrists see situations where the children are running the household, and so everything is a shambles. And then the parents have to be assisted or have to realize, wait a minute, we have to get into our role as the parent people and be determined that the house is going to get in order. So we have to have that determination. I'm certain we will succeed. Hello, I can be heard. Yes, ma'am. I got I got muted. I just again wanted to uh, offer a huge thank you for sharing some of your time with us today. Always learn a ton having you on the program. I will definitely looking forward to uh, being in touch with you as soon as possible, and I uh, hope you uh, enjoy the rest of your weekend. Okay, same to you, and I, I commend you for having a show of this kind. Thank you. It would not be uh, possible without your work. Um, yeah, we will definitely be in touch soon. And uh, again, Dr. Francis Crest Welsing, thank you so much and uh, enjoy the rest of your Sunday. Okay, same to you and your guests. <coughs> thank you. Ooh. Context of white supremacy. Gusty Renegade struggling, having a rough day on the plantation. Uh, little under the weather. I guess that's every day in the system of white supremacy. Not quite optimal, but uh, yeah, tough day trying to hang in there. Um, we'll be right back uh, roughly an hour. Tim Wise will also be making his fourth trip to the cows today. Uh, I will uh, hydrate and uh, be ready to roll. 4.30 p.m. Pacific, uh, 7.30 p.m. Eastern, 6.30 p.m. Central. Tim Wise, for Trip on the Cows, today, roughly one hour. Uh, I hope the program was constructive. My apologies for the delay in the beginning of the broadcast. Very tough day for Gusty Renegade here on the plantation of racism, white supremacy. Uh, hopefully we will be on time and ready to roll. 
uh, for Mr. Timothy Wise uh, in about one hour. <sighs> I think that's about it. I'm going to uh, get myself something to drink and uh, recharge my battery for uh, the second act on the cows today. Thank you all for supporting the program, and thank you, thank you, thank you. Love, truth, liberation. Excellent commercial on the show page for the cows. Uh, thank you, thank you, thank you. And uh, not Mighty Wick also for uh, the assistance uh, in getting Dr. Welsing on the program for the fourth time. I hope it was constructive. Context of white supremacy, Gusty Renegade and Justice will be back by one hour. Replace white supremacy with justice as soon as possible. Thank you, and we are signing out.